We're getting into our conversation of the day and this morning we are talking money matters and this morning we're dealing with the topic of understanding the debt counselling process. Joining me on the line is Lionel Makokotlela and he's the founder of Financial Wise Corner. He's a consumer activist and debt counsellor. Very good morning to you, Lionel. Good morning, Ms. Tanyi, and good morning to our listeners. We're revisiting today a, a topic that we've dealt with uh, before. And the question I'd like to start with this morning is what are some of the questions that I should ask when I consult for debt counseling? Well, the, the most three critical questions that you need to ask when you go under debt counseling is firstly, having to understand the purpose of debt counseling. Mm-hmm. And that would actually entail as a debt counselor having to explain to the consumer what being over-indebted uh, means. And uh, also uh, the, 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 the actual question to that would be where a consumer is actually unable to meet their monthly obligations based on their current financial uh, position. Then within the very same question, it's also for the, uh, for the, um, for the consumer to actually understand the uh, purpose that when you do debt uh, counseling, it has to be done voluntarily, mm-hmm. where you are not actually being uh, forced by someone else or being told by the debt counselor that you just need to do it under duress. It must be something where they actually explain each and every single stage in terms of what it's actually going to entail going forward with regard to your finances. Mm-hmm. Then. Then the second, uh, then the second uh, important question is actually unpacking the process where the consumer uh, applies uh, to a debt counsellor. Mm. Then the debt counsellor will actually do what we call an assessment test. Once the assessment test is done, the consumer will actually uh, inform the cons- I mean, the debt counsellor will inform the consumer to simply say you are over-indebted or you are not over-indebted. If you are in any position where you are over-indebted, the debt counsellor must actually inform the credit providers as well as the credit bureau with regard to your application uh, to go under debt review or debt counselling. In mm. most cases, uh, we provide uh, credit providers with a proposal pertaining your current financial position. This is where we then start negotiating to say if uh, Lionel was paying 100 rand, Lionel will not be able to be paying 100 rand anymore. The new figure that you'll be able to pay would be 50 rand, for example. Mm. So that's basically the second uh, stage aspect uh, um, that uh, we would need to actually take into account. Then the last one, but the most important one, is ex- uh, actually the consequences of debt counselling. So this is where the credit provider may be uh, may not be uh, well. The, the credit provider may not actually enforce the original uh, credit uh, credit agreement with the consumer. This is where we then said to say that given the fact that Lionel is unable to actually pay the hundred. As per the original contract that he had entered with you, we are now going to give you a new proposal to simply say that he will be able to pay uh, 50 rent on a monthly basis as opposed to the 100 rent. And we will actually outline to simply say that with regard to the interest, we are going to negotiate that the interest come down. And also with regard to the duration that uh, the contract had to be paid within two years, 
Now it's no longer going to be two years. It's actually going to take more. It might be three years, depending on what the calculations, uh, uh, terms and conditions come up to. Mm. And uh, this is where also the debt counselor gets uh, the process of actually disclosing that the process is actually not free. Um, You are going to be paying on a monthly basis uh, a fee to the debt counselor. You are also going to uh, basically be paying any court fees that might actually be applicable in terms of the debt counselor having go to court where they actually have to restructure your, uh, your next uh, monthly repayment. The most other important uh, factor that you would actually need to understand is that um, the, uh, the, uh, there is going to also be an assessment fee mm-hmm. that you also need to take into account that people actually need to be knowing that uh, once you start the process, it's not going to be a fee. So the uh, assessment fee, it's about 350 rand, right. where we actually do an assessment of all your financial obligations and take that into account. Now, uh, let's talk about what does a, doubt, uh, a debt counselor, uh, counselor do to assess if one is over-indebted? That's a brilliant uh, question, uh, uh, Tanya. The very first step is to actually ask the consumer to bring the income, the proof of income. And then secondly, uh, within the proof of uh, the income, we need to actually see a three-month bank statement. And the three-month bank statement, it must be from uh, an account that is linked with your uh, uh, with your uh, salary, with, uh, where, where, where you are actually paid on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. What we then do is to simply say, this is uh, you earn 100 rent, and on a monthly basis, we are now seeing that your debts are actually requiring you to actually be earning 150 rent on a monthly basis. Given that your income is not sufficient to actually uh, savings your debt uh, obligation on, on a monthly basis, we can therefore determine that you are over-indebted. Mm-hmm. Once we actually have that assurance, when after we having done our own um, assessment, we can now go back to the processes of actually explaining all those three layers, the purpose, and actually unpacking the whole process to you, then thirdly would actually be the consequences. And the other most important uh, consequence that you would need to know is that once you're over-indebted or under the debt review process, you cannot actually uh, get access to any more uh, grants in terms of credit. So meaning you cannot be getting loans yeah. Uh, once you are under the debt review process, and you cannot simply say that now that you are uh, you have reduced your payment uh, from 100 to 50 rand, therefore you can actually try and uh, squeeze some of that extra uh, income that you might be earning towards your lifestyle. That is actually not going to be taking place because your debt counselor will need to actually state under oath and be able to be ethical by disclosing that every single amount that you actually have has to be accounted for. Now, Lionel, there are some important um, principles that one has to keep in in, in mind. And and number one, I see that it's to ask uh, for the debt counsellor to assess if no reckless uh, lending uh, took place. And that's a very big one. I mean, we've seen banks, uh, you know, coming under fire before for reckless lending. In other words, 
intentionally lending to people who have a very low probability of paying back because of their financial or credit history? Yes, um, we actually have seen, uh, we've seen and we've been reading a lot about people who have actually been uh, given uh, credits that they actually cannot afford on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And when we actually investigate even further for proof of this uh, credit providers to uh, grant us uh, permission to see the records in terms of the credit agreement, you'd find that no records are actually available in terms of uh, the consumer simply stating that they do adhere to the contract that they actually find themselves in. But in most cases, what you also get to hear is that people have actually agreed over the telephone to say that they are going to be uh, uh, getting the contract. That on its own, uh, we would regard it as a, a reckless lending in the sense that before you actually grant anybody any credit, the law states that you need to sit down with a person, mm-hmm. first and foremost, tell them about the contract that they're going to be entering in, what the terms and conditions are, and make it a point that they do understand there are no legal jargon, and people then tomorrow don't necessarily have to say, uh, but I didn't know this uh, terms uh, that you were actually talking to me about uh, when you actually started this whole process. And then thirdly, it would also be a thing that once you actually have uh, indicated that you would want to get the loan with that credit provider, you need to get a copy of a contract loan that you actually have uh, uh, entered with. Just so that tomorrow, if things don't necessarily go according to plan, we can actually say that Mr. Credit Provider or Ms. Credit Provider, you actually had stated in the contract that these are the terms and conditions, how you are going to be dealing with recouping the money in the event that the person fails to pay, but you are failing to actually adhere to that. Why would you have taken the drastic step of actually now trying to uh, put this person under a, a financial stress position by charging extra uh, interest rate if the terms and conditions on, on your contract state something else. So this is where then the, uh, uh, the debt counselor would actually be doing some of your own ground homework and start seeing if there was any form of uh, reckless lending. If they do find that there was any form of uh, reckless lending, your debt counselor must actually take the matter to court. Mm. And once it's taken to court, and if then the court makes a ruling in your favor, there are three possibilities. The first one is to simply say that you are not going to be paying the interest because the credit provider was reckless. And that is basically one of the consequences that they will face. Second one would actually be where then the court comes to a ruling to say, based on the uh, financial position stress that this uh, consumer is actually feeling, Mr. Credit Provider or Ms. Credit Provider, you know that the law stated that you need to do an assessment. And yeah. as a result, we come to a ruling that you uh, the consumer will actually not be paying you any money coming uh, going for, uh, forward from here onwards, where this means then your debt is actually going to be written off. Then the other one would simply be um, if uh, then the court finds that in your approach, you probably have the reasonability of understanding why you actually entered into the contract, but they just feel that the credit provider did not actually follow the law 
as uh, the guidance in terms of granting you the loan, they will simply say that you actually pay only X amount of money and then the other mm-hmm. amount of money that was actually stipulated in the contract will actually be written off. So once that is actually been done, you would find that the uh, the ruling uh, or rather the info, the findings can actually play to your advantage as a consumer because the, uh, the courts would actually want to understand if you really did understand what you were getting yourself into. And secondly, if then they did... Uh, uh, if they did, meaning the credit provider, followed the rule, uh, the rule of law uh, before granting you that uh, actually um, a loan. Mm. Lionel, before other, we continue, mm-hmm. my brother, we are running out of time. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, start wrapping it up. Uh, perhaps um, let's just uh, move on to pointing out to just one point of uh, what are the effects of your marital status in the debt counselling process, so specifically whether you're married in community of property or out of community of property? The, uh, the quite unfortunate uh, position is that if you're married in community or out of community of property, you both parties are actually going to be liable when it comes to debt uh, counselling process. This is where the, the other party who probably do not even know that you took out a loan, would actually be dragged into the process where both parties have to be uh, accountable to the benefit that they both actually might have enjoyed. Uh, For example, if you both uh, had a joint uh, bond account for the house or anything like that. Wonderful, Lionel. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, uh, having to wrap up our conversation there. Thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom. Please give us your social media handles uh, that our listeners can use to connect with you. It's Lionel Makokotrela, L-I-O-N-E-L-M-A-K-O-K-O-T-L-E-L-A, or the consent to touch base, which they've been doing on my cell phone number, which is 072-833-9043. Thank you very much, Ms. Kani, and good morning to our listeners. Thank you, Lionel. Thank you so much. We'll catch up with you again next week. There you go, Lionel Mokokotela, there, our resident financial guru, talking to us about understanding the debt counseling process. 26 minutes before 5 o'clock, here's Beyonce featuring PDD with a summertime.